Buongiorno everybody and welcome. This is Identity Unlocked and I'm your host, Vittorio Bertocci. Identity Unlocked is the podcast that discusses identity specs and trends from a developer perspective. Identity Unlocked is powered by Yovzero. In this episode, we focus on the Global Assured Identity Network, abbreviated GAIN, a proposal from 150 identity experts that was presented in form of white paper at the just-occurred European Identity Conference in Munich. Today, we are chatting with two of those 150 authors, Ned Sakimura, chairman of the OpenID Foundation, and we welcome a returning guest, Thorsten Lodderstein, CTO of Yes.com. Welcome, Nat and Thorsten. Oh, good morning. Thank you for inviting. Thanks for accepting. Thorsten already shared his story about how he got into identity during the episode on FAPI in last season. So we'll leave him be today for a time being, but I am looking forward to learn how Nat ended up working in identity. Nat, could you share with us how you ended up working in this space? All right. So. I started off from the network security kind of things, which was needed for high performance computing related stuff. That was, I mean, I was, I started my career as quantitative analyst. Pretty early on in my career, though, um, there was an incident that changed my course. There was the surgery of my daughter, which went wrong. And I had to get access to the medical records that she had with that hospital, which was not possible at the time. And that made me interested so much about the access to personal data and control of it. And there I am for the, as an identity nerd. And I, you know, started off with XRI and things like that, and eventually came to OpenID and started the OpenID AB Connect working group with only three people. It was you and who else? John Bradley and the brain of the Madoiros. Oh, wow. Wow. Historical. Yeah, right. And then started to talk about JWS, you know, Jout and Jout and things like that. And we published uh, OpenID Connect. Took us like six years. And then uh, after that, I have actually started FAPI working group which wasn't a very popular idea at the time when I was starting. Well, you know what? Uh, starting OpenID Connect Working Group was really unpopular at the time. And uh, back in 2015, there were a lot of people who was pushing back for the idea of FAPI. But here we are, and you know it's been used in many jurisdictions now. And you know, during that uh, journey, I have become the chairman of OpenID Foundation and, uh, in 2011. And I'm still there. And, you know, I'm trying to lend my little voice and hand to, you know, push the industry forward. Well, definitely not that little, let me tell you. You know, you are very modest, but you know that you are very influential in this space. Also, thank you so much for sharing that. That's fascinating. Let's get straight into the main topic today. And let me stay with you, Nat. I want to ask you very directly, what is GAIN and what does it try to achieve? So GAIN 
is an overlay network over the internet, which co is consisting only of the assured identities. That is, the identities that is identity proofed. So all the participants, whether it's individuals or companies, they are identity proofed to be not terrorist organization or something like that. Thereby, you know, uh, so I'm pretty sure that bad people will also try to come in and they will come in. But a network consisting of the assured identity as a default instead of anonymous identity will give us a long way towards more trusted network. I mean, when you look back, the internet, before it was commercialized, it was a trusted network. That's why you know, we didn't really have too much security layer on top of it. You know, what, I still remember the days in, in the 80s, if you do something wrong, you immediately get a phone call from USS admins, right? Now, um, when we opened up the, you know, the internet for the commercial use, uh, the privacy became very important. And so anonymity was granted to some extent. Now, I said to some extent, because it doesn't seem to be available for most of us. It is suddenly available for people with uh, resources, enough resources, for example, for those people who want to do the money laundering and things like that. It is available, but for the rest of us, it's pretty hard. We are always tracked, pervasively tracked, right? So uh, what we want to achieve is more trustworthy environment where our control is also better preserved. So that's a high-level overview of the game. I see. Thank you. So that is uh, nice and concise, but really, really very high-level. So we'll have the chance to double-click. But before we do that, let's turn to the initiative in itself. So, Thorsten, I'm curious to hear how did the gain came to be? Like, who had the idea? Who are the authors? What's happening? Like, uh, uh, yeah, like, so what's the gain in terms of, like, people and uh, initiative? Yeah, we went to pretty of a journey in a couple of months. So, uh, first of all, I mean, we all know that digital identity is very important in a, in a global society. And uh, COVID has even elevated um, the need for a usable, assured identity um, in our world. And um, there are a lot of local solutions for that problem. There are pretty interesting uh, solutions like security in Canada, Bank ID in Sweden, it's me in Belgium. There are a lot of those solutions, but they are all local. But the world is global. So there is a need to come up with a global solution for global RPs, for users, and so on. And when Gottfried Leibrand, the former CEO of Swift, joined um, the advisory board of Yes.com, he suggested, let's write a white paper. Let's gather people and start an initiative. And the, uh, our CEO, Daniel Goldschneider, um, advocated to make that a neutral paper. Because in the end, that gain, gain is, a, is a neutral initiative. So it's a, as we say, no logo, no sponsors um, approach. So people just join as experts. And we collectively reached out in, into our networks. And um, D Daniel did a great job in, in, in really um, um, inviting a lot of the authors that in the end helped us to write that white paper. So 
I had the pleasure to contribute uh, the first sketch of the technical architecture, but there were a lot of other authors that tremendously contributed uh, to the paper. And in the end, we were more than 150 authors. And it was more in an ad hoc kind of, uh, of, of activity. So no real organization. We just, we just met virtually and, and worked together on that document. It was an amazing experience. Uh, full disclosure, I'm one of the 150s, but the calls were always uh, super early at my time. So my contribution was mostly on comments on the document and uh, occasional Slack or uh, discussions with Daniel directly. But uh, yeah, I agree. It was, really, it was a really nice experience to come together and uh, put the thoughts into writing. I would also like to add um, something more about the, the, the journey we, we took. I mean, given that we initiated that from, from the yes.com perspective, it was in the beginning mostly focused on financial institutions. And some of the, I would say, misconceptions of the paper right now is that it is dedicated to financial institutions. I still believe that financial institutions can play a very important role in that, in, in, in that space simply because they, they have those uh, verified identity data and they've got multi-factor credentials. But GAIN is open to anyone, anyone who wants to provide identity and anyone who wants to consume a short identity. That's very important to notice. And it's also open to all concepts around identity. So we already have in, in the POC, and I think we're going to talk about the POC as well, we already have representative of federated solutions as well as self-sovereign solutions. So just to be a bit more uh, concrete, because like, uh, in the identity space, when you say assured identity, when you talk about trust, when you talk about the network, we know what you're talking about. But imagine that you have to explain this to someone who's technical, but who's not uh, conversant in the identity jargon. So what would be the experience? Like if I am a, a user, and a save it gain happened. What what would I do that uh, gain enables? Like, uh, can you walk me through a scenario of that? Um, okay, let me give it a try. So it's just going to be like a social logging, right? Except that it's going to be the banks or other entities who's done probably through the regulation, the identity proofing of the users. So you log into some site with a bank credential, and that's it from the user point of view. I see. So here I have a very recent example. Here in the state where I live in Washington, they just introduced a new tax, and you can get out of this tax if you buy insurance privately. And so in order to actually let the state know that I did buy insurance and I want to opt out on this tax, I have to go and uh, sign up and um, create a user in that particular thing. I have to uh, like upload my driving license. So all the classic stuff that you do when there is no pre-existing trust and you have to bootstrap. So from the scenario that you described, in this particular case, I would have gone to the website where the Washington state accepts these requests for exemptions. And instead of signing up from scratch, I would have been able to just hit one of my banks, sign in just like I do with my home banking. But instead of using the home banking, I would have been bounced back 
to their tax place and I would have signed in there just like that. Yes. On the journey, you are going to be giving the consent to provide that information to, in this case, tax authority, but that's pretty much it. Fantastic. That's great. And so now comes the uh, concrete part. If uh, you put yourself in the shoes of the developer that is building the uh, website for Washington State for this uh, tax uh, flow, if you put yourself in the shoes of the developer of the bank that needs to add the capability of doing this, in concrete terms, what would they need to do in order to participate in gain and achieve the experience that uh, we just described? In the end, what we have designed is a, a technical architecture where all the relying parties, which is the term and open ID, connect for the receiving end. And it's the identity providers connect, directly connect via open standard protocols. So in the case of assured identity, it is, is open ID connect for identity assurance, a recent extension to open ID connect, which allows to communicate IDPs or to assert IDPs user claims along with additional information about, for example, the assurance level, which is very important because the relying party needs the attestation and it also needs to assess whether this, the particular trust framework and the identity assurance level this IDP is operating under is sufficient to suit the needs of the relying party. So it's based on OpenID Connect for identity assurance and we will incorporate further open standards as required. So FAPI2 obviously is the security profile of choice, but we are also cooperating with the Cloud Signature Consortium uh, when it comes to uh, remote signature creation. So open standards all over the place. And there is another bit. So the relying party not only needs to implement OpenID Connect, but we hope there will be thousands, thousands of identity sources in that network. So you have to pick and choose, or the user has to pick and choose which identity provider to use for the journey. And we need to make sure that relying party and identity provider can establish a secure connection, a trusted connection. So what we need as a technical piece on top of the open standards is a registry where the relying party can find all the IDPs and also knows all oh, those IDPs comply with the governance framework of the game network. And the IDP also knows this relying party that asks for certain data also complies to the governance framework because in the end, we want to make sure this is a safe place, a safe network. So if the user sees a consent with his bank and this consent at the bank says, this is the Washington State Tax Authority, he or she is really sure it is the Washington State Tax Authority and not a fraudster, for example. So we need to manage this this trust relationship and that's an additional piece of, of infrastructure that the relying party needs to connect to. That is definitely very, very important. So in a classic OpenID uh, topology, you'd have a relying party that uh, at some point uh, offline decides, I trust this identity provider. And so when someone shows up, I know which URL to redirect the user to and uh, I know what is the key I should use for checking uh, ID tokens coming my way, all of that stuff. But in this picture, you introduce new actor, this registry. So do we have standards on which we can uh, 
piggyback on, like for example, this smells a bit like uh, Shibole. So maybe the new Open ID Connect Federation stuff can come in handy. How do you think uh, the register will be implemented? In the end, uh, we are in the beginning of a journey. There are different candidates uh, of technologies that we can utilize for that. Open ID Federation, obviously, being one of them. But we have to consider that there are more influencing factors. What will be the governance framework? And let me let me just just give it a bigger picture of what, what's, what's going to happen with the paper and with the concept. So the game paper was published, and now more or less this initiative came to an end. What we're doing right now, we, we are um, evolving it into a forum. So we want to give it a place where further concepts can be, can be developed. So we are now right now establishing a forum, a forum from different standardization bodies. So GAIN itself is not an organization. Right, Gain will be a forum from different standardization bodies like OpenID Foundation, Open Identity Exchange, Fido Aligned, Glyph, and, and and others. Oh, and IIF, not to forget IIF. And in those different standardization bodies, um, there are groups being established that will be working on different stuff. We will have a technical prototype at the OpenID Foundation. We will have work on the governance framework at OIX. And in the end, the registry and the way we manage those, those trusts needs to comply with that governance framework. So the technical prototype will in the end pick up what will be developed at OIX uh, to ensure we are, we are able to really fulfill the vision of that governance framework. So there are several, several candidates. There is experience. So for example, we run a large-scale network in Germany uh, so, so there are different pieces that we know how, how, how it will work, but we need to make sure that we develop it in a way that it really fits for purpose. And the technical POC that we will be running at the OpenID Foundation will serve that purpose to find out what's the right way. Fantastic. So great. That is way more concrete and uh, as a blue collar in this space, uh, a practitioner, I love it. So now let's zoom out a bit uh, back at the big picture. And let's go back to Matt. How many times in the last uh, couple of decades we have seen similar initiatives? And in some places, like they, uh, they did work, like Bank ID, I think it's a, good, uh, it's a good success story, which smells a bit like a gain, although not as global. But so the, the point is, uh, lots of people tried in the past and uh, there are many bodies behind us. So what is going to prevent GAIN from suffering the same fate? Why right now? And what is the thing that uh, gives us a better chance of success than our predecessors? I can give a few reasons. Uh, number one, we have been taking the learning from those experiences and, you know, we are trying to incrementally better. And we, so our experience is one thing. The other thing is uh, we do actually have the technology now. And we do actually have a lot of experience on running the local schemes, right? You know, countrywide scheme and things like that. So uh, essentially, we are actually trying to build, build the bridges among them with the interoperable protocols instead of trying to build a huge pyramid. So that should give us a better chance of doing it. 
I see. Unfortunately, the term decentralized has been uh, co-opted by others in the industry, so I cannot use it without it being uh, confusing. But uh, I really like the image you painted of uh, local realities already being in place, already doing the job that uh, is needed at a higher level, and uh, just uh, providing the glue that connects the dots and uh, makes those capabilities uh, available at a larger scale. It sounds like a very nice image. Instead of building the entire thing, right? Fantastic. If you take a look under the um, gain architecture blueprint, um, you will see that it gives maximum flexibility to local schemes and existing implementers to integrate what they already have into the overall network. So OpenID Connect is so flexible that the implementer can control the user experience completely, including all the authentication methods, um, how the content is presented and so on. And how do we, do we utilize that? Well, we started a more as an ad hoc group, a proof of concept, a technical prototype, a couple of months back in parallel to, to writing the paper. And there are already um, interesting, interested parties like IDPs and relying parties working on, on that technical, technical prototype that will be running in a sandbox environment. And it's, it's very interesting to see how, how those different uh, parties integrate into the overall network. So we've got BankID from Sweden, for example. It's a very successful service. Um, and they today don't have an OpenID Connect interface at all. They use an app. But we were able together to design a solution where they can just plug in and there is a Koya from the US. They already run an open banking ecosystem for one of some of the major US banks. And they will they will build on top of that an integration into, into the overall network. And we also have a, a representative from, from Italy, um, InfoChart. They are um, the EU's uh, largest uh, certification authority and they contribute their SSI-based solution. So it's called Ditsme. And we are, we are also able to integrate this solution into the um, into the uh, uh, gain network by adding a transformation layer into OpenID Connect for identity shown. So we, this this technical POC gives us gives us let me say the playground to really adjust the architecture and to make sure that all the bits and pieces fit together and that implementers have the maximum flexibility. And we are taking that one step further because we are um, establishing a formal um, community group at OpenID Foundation. So OpenID Foundation um, offered us to be the host for that initiative going forward. And as we are speaking, uh, the community group is being prepared. So a agreement for the participants is, is being drafted to protect um, IPR of all participants and to give uh, us a safe, a safe harbor for, for doing those experiments. And um, yeah, a charter is being developed because we want to make sure that there are clear, clear processes uh, in, in place uh, to meet uh, decisions in the working group going forward regarding the architecture, the infrastructure, and so on. And I hope by, by the end of the year, um, this community group will be set up and up and running. And everybody that wants to, to, to join that effort and wants to contribute to this, to this technical POC uh, just please reach out either to myself because I will be one of the co-chairs of that community group or to Donna Beatty at Donna, D-O-N-N-A at 
oidf.org. We'll add uh, all the emails and addresses uh, that are relevant. And uh, as soon as we'll have a URL of the community group, we'll add it to the episode so that listeners can just click and follow. That's fantastic. It sounds like a good opportunity to contribute and also a good opportunity to work side by side with uh, really important players, which in itself is, uh, I'd say, an attractive experience for anyone. Yeah, and so... I just want to reiterate that this PLC community group is open to anybody. Uh, as long as you sign the the PLC participation agreement, you are you can be in the process. I mean, decision will be taken to this. If it is going to be taken to technical documentation, then that's going to be also uh, done according to the OpenID Foundation's uh, process, which has been working great. I mean, it's proven for through the decades of our track record, so it should work. So that's how it's going to go. And the we are actually going to have a bunch of conferences coming up where you guys can have the opportunity to listen to the most uh, recent development. For example, one which is coming up imminently. OIX Identity Trust Conference. And starting with that, um, we have a bunch of conferences lining up. And we target in uh, the early December to start this you know, PLC group. And in the spring, hopefully, we can develop the phase one demo. Fantastic. Wonderful. I love the fact that uh, this is a bold idea which looks toward the future, but it's not a hallucination. You are already executing on it, and it has a very practical uh, implications, and that makes it sound very achievable, which is uh, not common for something of this scope. So that's absolutely fantastic. You already gave the call to action, basically, which is uh, normally what we use for uh, closing the episode, which is uh, participate to the POC. And uh, I would add, read the paper, which is like a very well uh, written paper, which paints the vision really well. And we'll add all the links uh, as necessary. And as we get to the next stage, perhaps we can have you back so that you can update us on progress in the future. Perfect. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite app or at identityunlocked.com. Until next time, I'm Vittorio Bertocci, and this is Identity Unlocked. Music for this podcast, composed and performed by Marcelo Walowski. Identity Unlocked is powered by Of Zero. Copyright 2020, of Zero Incorporated, all rights reserved.